Okay, so, uh, yeah. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of, of Chicklet for Life. Week two of, uh, of staying inside. Well, like, fourth week of staying within, like, two kilometres out of house, though. Were you going much further than that before? Shut up, Katie. <laughs> no, like, how, how far is two kilometres even from, like... My house to the bus stop. Helpful. That's 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 very helpful, there, Sarah. It, you know, I heard myself saying it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's not really any information for anybody." You guys have never been to my house. It's uh, it's two kilometers from college to Fibsborough. No, no that's way. helpful. <laughs> Ever the uh, the voice of reason there, Miss Flannery. Well, you know, I live to serve. Hey, <laughs> what? Damn. <laughs> I don't know. It just sort of happened. <laughs> Wait, but no, 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 Katie. I, I do appreciate that. That is, that is usually your line. Yeah, and and usually I can like express myself without my voice breaking like a thirteen-year-old boy's. That's 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 also true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I guess you can have the line for today. You know, that's that's how ashamed I am of what just happened, and also you know how much I love you, Sersh. Oh, Katie, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm a sweet kind of gal. Here, where was all this love and energy yesterday when you were threatening me with legal action? Because you were harassing me, Chloe. Oh, is this is this the gifts thing? How is that harassment? Okay, there were puppies in them gifts, Katie. Gorgeous, gorgeous puppies, as well as, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous men. Oh my god, dude, seriously, like for those of you that aren't aware, okay, on Sunday I was playing Animal Crossing. I was trying to get my shop up and running so I could earn enough bells for a new dining table. I was into era three of said very productive enterprise. I was I was enjoying myself during lockdown. As we all know, I mean, this is tough to achieve during the very surreal time that we're living in right now. And when I, when I had achieved, achieved this comparative nirvana in this uncertain time in which we're living, Chloe over there thinks it's appropriate. Nay, she's thinks it is desirable <laughs> to bombard me with BTS gifts, I ask you. Oh, they were lovely gifts that I thought you would enjoy because I am your friend, okay? Puppies. There were puppies in there. Puppies. puppies. I ask you. There, there were puppies in two of them, Chloe. You eleven. sent 11. 11 separate gifts. <laughs> oh my God. Not counting the first one you sent on Saturday, which, you know, included some very questionable crotch grabbing. <laughs> w- wait, what? Seriously? Chloe posted it to the group Instagram on Sunday. It's from it's from the Blood, Sweat and Tears video. You know it. Well, I, I, I haven't watched that one. Um... Excuse me. <laughs> you go, you go, Sergei. You're doing the Lord's work. Actually, that's that's another thing. Chloe, I didn't, like, consent to my messages being posted on Instagram. What's the problem with that? What, do you think that people won't take you as seriously when they know that you, like, sign off all your texts with, like, kisses? Is that it? Uh, you know, as well as I do, that my adorableness only adds to my charms. <gasps> oh my god, it's so... That's really aggressive. The crotch grab, right? It's It's terrifying. Oh, Katie, you're just you're just threatened by you know such open displays of sexuality. God, it's such a great song. It is. It is an excellent song. You pay time not mill. Okay, we're done. Okay. No, no, you're not allowed. You're not. You agreed to this, Chloe. Not even though, like. I'm not allowed when it's supporting one of my mates and their like very justifiable and appropriate love for a tune that like legitimately slaps. Especially then. What are you talking about? Well, like after my harassment, I didn't respond to any of Chloe's texts for like 
I don't know. Two hours. It was like two whole hours. It was so mean. I like thought she properly wasn't talking to me. It was like, I thought our friendship was over. So like when I got the, the apology text, you, you know the apology text. I've sent the apology text many times. I like to consider myself the original author of the apology text. But yeah, we, we worked out an appropriate punishment. So uh, Korea boo over there. Here, I told you I don't like being called that, okay? I'm not some person out here fetishizing a culture, okay? I just happen to like some songs by some young men that happen to be very, 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 very pretty, okay? Their ethnicity is not important to me, okay? Okay? Okay, Katie? Okay? 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 <laughs> okay, okay, Jesus, okay. I can't argue with that. See? See? You just have to troll in a woke comment or two and she backs right down. I'm sorry, I'm just in charge of this. Uh, in charge of it, but still not allowed to talk about them all week, Chloe. That's what you agreed to. That is what I'm going to hold you to. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Really? What? You think I can't do it? You think I can't do it? Of course, I can I can spend a week not talking about my very best friends, BTS, for the next week because I am not no Korea Bill, okay? Jesus, so you're going to genuinely see if you can calm this addiction for like a whole week. It's not an addiction. This kind of rhetoric is exactly what is like damaging my self-esteem right now. <laughs> Chloe, if you had any more self-esteem, you would genuinely be a dictator. And you know what? I would rule with a fair hand. I would. GHDs and lip gloss for all. Okay, like, I appreciate that, like, it's going to be tough for you, Kleena, with me not keeping you up on BTS news for the next week. So I'm going to let that slide, okay? You're obviously, like, lashing out as a coping mechanism and and I'm here for you. I'm here for you in that. You truly are a, a benevolent ruler, Chloe. Right? I'm going to have to start getting, like, a party together or something because, yeah, the world needs me. Anyway, um, so that's that's what uh, Katie and and Chloe have been doing. Well, like, no, 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 no. We have heard enough from you, friends. <laughs> Sersha, what's what's going on out there in uh, Casa de Flannery? Um, well, I'm I'm growing out my eyebrows. Whoa, <laughs> I know it's riveting, isn't it? <laughs> have you decided actually what you're going to do about your hair, Lena? You sort of sounded like you forgot my name there for a second. Uh, do you ever have that, though, where, like, your mind goes completely blank for, like, no reason? It's, like, terrifying. <laughs> That's genuinely how I live my life. <laughs> On the edge. It, uh, my hair. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, my, yeah, it's, it's, it's all very ginger at the roots. The, my highlights are well and truly grown out, sort of. But I do, I like that idea you had, Sersha, of calling it extreme balayage. Um, <laughs> it does, again, it adds that element of danger that, uh, <laughs> that I hold so dear in, 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 in my day-to-day life. <laughs> how's, uh, how's your dad getting on? Oh my God. I had to like get him on the phone to the doctor to talk him out of having his mates over to play cards yesterday. Like he'd actually convinced himself that it'd be fine as long as he only had two fellas over and they only drank whiskey. Oh yes, yes. Uh, whiskey, of course, being the most antiviral of all the dark spirits. No, like, genuinely that is what he thinks. Like Dr. Toomey was on the phone with him for 20 minutes straight and it still took him threatening to send Father Brian down to like get daddy to stop acting the Egypt. Like I swear to God. Oh, I love that you call your dad daddy is adorable it's not creepy at all oh chloe every come time, on like every what goddamn time weird. here let's 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 pass the mic over to to sarah miss mc let's get the focus off me and find out what you've been up to me um hmm. i don't know it's super boring i'm just splitting the housework with derek he's doing cooking and i'm cleaning and washing the clothes like turns out that he makes a pretty good fried rice and uh, i'm beginning to get a bit obsessed with the idea of emptying the wash basket like what if it's empty? You know, what if I actually wash all the socks that are in there? What what happens then? <laughs> That's so nice. That's kind of cool. <laughs> super nice. You guys are like close like that. I don't know that I'd have said like 
close. I don't know. It's weird. Like, like he wouldn't, like, look after me or anything. You know the way, like, Ty would pick you up from nights out and stuff, Sarah? Derek would, like, tell me to go. <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, lately we're, I don't know, like a team. Like, he has his jobs, I have my jobs. And if we both do them, we both get to, like, sit together and eat dinner and watch BoJack Horseman. And, you know, it's it's nice. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so this week, this week, listeners, we've uh, been continuing our uh, Jane Austen readathon with Emma. Anyway, so why don't we start with the summary situation? Um, Cleana, what do you think? Yeah, sure thing. I've got it here. Um, right. 21-year-old Emma Woodhouse is comfortably dominating the social order of the village of Highbury, convinced that she has both the understanding and the right to manage other people's lives, for their own good, of course. Her well-meant interfering centres on the aloof Jane Fairfax, the dangerously attractive Frank Churchill, the foolish, if appealing, Harriet Smith, and the ambitious young vicar, Mr Elton, and ends with her complacency shattered, her mind awakened to some of life's more intractable dilemmas, and her happiness assured. That one's less fangirly than the one from Sense and Sensibility last week, isn't it? Well, that kind of works for me, though, because like I think this book is a lot more like mature than Sense and Sensibility, kind of. Mature. We're like going full on into literary criticism right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> like Sense and Sensibility, it's very, I don't know, like noble or something like Eleanor and Marianne. They have like things missing from their characters, but they don't have like negative qualities like not really like everything that does make them up as as characters you know it's all really lovely stuff you know they just they just happen to have a couple of blind spots whereas emma on the other hand she has she has a lot of negative qualities actually yeah in fairness yeah i did notice that like i was noting down bits and pieces for like suggestions for the excerpts we could put in the show and stuff and like the notes i had were all like emma being a bitch about harriet's friends Emma being a bitch about Miss Bates, Mr. Knightley giving out to Emma for being an actual bitch. So you found Emma to be a sympathetic character. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, she she wasn't dislikable despite, like, being such a bitch. Like, she, yeah, she was super dislikable, but I didn't dislike her. Like, it wasn't that weird. I found that as well. I, I was wondering about it. And, like, I wonder, is it because she's funny? Like, you know, you know when someone's funny or, like, any kind of talented really like it's even though like you want to hate them a lot of the time it's a it's like it's quite hard you, you find you can't like with Ricky Gervais exactly like with Ricky Gervais thank you Katie <laughs> ah here no that's an act isn't it he's putting that on he's actually not like that I don't know dude you ever see him doing that like radio show with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington like he's he's genuinely talking down to that delightful Mr. Pilkington the entire time it's it's not great. Are we actually going to take a pause for a second to talk about how Pilkington might be the best surname ever? Isn't it like something out of a Dickens novel? You just have to ruin everything on me. <laughs> <don't you? laughs> it's not without good reason, fam. But like, it's it's pretty clear that he thinks he's better than other people. You know, Mr. Pilkington in this case. Just the same way that like Emma judges other people around her that she doesn't think are like as smart or like as interesting as, as she thinks she is. Yeah, exactly. And um, do you know what? So that we can talk about that in a bit of detail, we're going to need to introduce the other folks in the story and, you know, the, the, the actual story to begin with. Um, um, Sersha, what do you think? Oh, like right now? Yeppers. Yeppers. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it too. 
the less said about it, the better, I think. I don't know, dude. I think we're gonna have to talk about that in some detail a little later on. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. But in the meantime, we're running into actual Jane Austen time here. So, so Saoirse, why don't you dig me out of the hole in which I have placed myself and, and get us rolling on this story trip? <laughs> Okay, so so we, we enter the story and we're introduced to Emma Woodhouse. Handsome, clever and rich with a comfortable home and happy disposition seemed to unite some of the best blessings of existence and had lived nearly 21 years in the world with very little to distress or vex her. The end. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Do remind me, though, that I want to say something about that later. But, you know, later. We're going to talk about the beginning of the book before we, you know, talk about what a genius I am. <laughs> Saoirse Fierce reporting for duty again this week. I mean, come on. <laughs> Katie, you can't say it either. <laughs> um, okay, but yes. Emma lives with her father, um, Mr. Woodhouse, obviously, um, in their estate of Hartfield near the village of Highbury. Oh my God, love, 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 love Mr. Woodhouse. Like, seriously. Oh, he is. He is. He's super, super adorable. Could you imagine, like, your dad, like, worrying about you that much? Like, Saoirse, I suppose your dad probably does. Well, like... My dad lets me eat whatever I want, though, is the thing. Even if it's unwholesome. Especially if it's unwholesome. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Pizza Tuesdays and Sarah's seriously. Oh, no, don't. It's so sad. We should do, like, a remote pizza on, like, Zoom or something. You think I can get pizza out here in, like, the actual sticks? What, they couldn't, like, send out a horse and cart to, like, get a fear or nothing? Really? Yeah, you know, I knew it wasn't good when I was saying it. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got better. I definitely do. Here, give me a few minutes and I'll have something better, all right? Okay, but like, I'm counting on you. I won't let you down, Finn, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, 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 yes. Okay, so Hartfield, Emma, Mr. Woodhouse. And nearby, there's another estate owned by one Mr. Knightley, warm friend of the family and like regular visitor to Hartfield. He was very attractive, was Mr. Knightley, was he not? Girls. Tall. You could, you could tell he was like tall yes katie yes yes you could something something in the way he delivers that dialogue makes him sound very tall makes him sound very tall and it makes it sound like he smells like real nice yeah like 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 shaving foam or something yes sarah yes 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 i mean oh my god like never have we been further apart and yet never have we been closer together in our months <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> Anyway, anyway, at the at the beginning of the story, we come in when Emma's old governess, Miss Taylor, and their neighbour, Mr. Weston, have just Mm -hmm. gotten married. Emma and uh, the very tall, very fragrant (laughs) Mr. Knightley are discussing it. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we have this excerpt here, um, actually, uh, Chloe. After after all that, do you want to do you want to celebrate and give this one a go? You mean really? Oh, my God. Um, Okay. Um, Is it in the email you sent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be the third attachment. The third attachment, the third attachment, ever since the day, yeah, 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 okay, 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 um, okay, um, okay, ever since the day, about four years ago, that Miss Taylor and I met with him in him being Mr. Weston, mm-hmm. um, in Broadway Lane, when, because it began to drizzle, he darted away with so much gallantry and borrowed two umbrellas for us from Farmer Mitchell's, I made my mind up on the subject. I planned a match from that error. And when such successes bless me, I mean, oh, I in mean- this instant, dear papa, you cannot think that I shall leave off matchmaking. I do not understand what you mean by success, said Mr. Knightley. God, I love Mr. 
quickly when he goes on like this. <laughs> Success supposes endeavor. Your time has been properly and delicately spent if you have been endeavoring for the past four years to bring about this marriage. A wordy employment for a young lady's mind. But if, which I rather imagine, Emma... <laughs> You're making the match, as you call it, means only you're planning it. You're saying it to yourself one idle day. Oh, I think it would be a very good thing for Miss Taylor if Mr. Weston were to marry her and saying it again to yourself every now and then afterwards. Why do you talk of success? Where is your merit? What are you to be proud of? You made a lucky guess and that is all that can be said. I mean... I mean, the wig snatching continues, <laughs> What was it like, Dot, to have a very respectable, thoughtful gentleman doing the, the wig snatching this time around, Claude? You know, Kleena, it was not as disorientating as one would think, you know. I was just, I was just sitting there like, oh, not Mr. Knightley. Like, totally, totally enjoying myself. <laughs> Hardcore feminism at work right there. But, like, that's kind of the crux of the whole book, though. Like, Emma thinking that her own thoughts and opinions are, like, reality, despite lots of evidence on the outside to the contrary that's kind of what you know moves everything forward mm, yeah and Mr Knightley is the person on the outside who's like pointing that it, out to her yeah like when there's a person pointing it out yeah sure it's, it's Mr Knightley but like what's fun as a reader I think is that you see Emma's point of view and like I say you know she genuinely thinks that the way she sees the world is like the only way the world could be you know everything does revolve around her and everybody else is like a supporting character they don't have their own lives but like you could also see the events like impartially, you know, like see what's happening outside of, you know, Emma's thoughts. If you want to, you, you don't have to. But like um, there are a bunch of differences if you're open to like comparing what Emma sees and then what would what what's actually happening if you if you see it as like an impartial person. Do you know what? I actually I do know what you mean. There 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 are, do you know, a bunch of examples of this in the book. Like the main one is a pretty big plot point um that centers around a girl who who lives in Highbury, um Harriet Smith. We heard about her in the in the blurb there. Um Emma kind of takes her under her wing and tries to fix her up, you know, with a bloke the same way as she did with with Miss Taylor. Um, but you know what? I think we, we had a conversation about this yesterday and, and I don't think we should talk too much about it, Katie. I think you were right. Um, leave it that Harriet is sweet, kind, but easily led. And because she looks up to Emma so much, she just pretty much does everything that, that Emma says. And Emma gets carried away with it, you know, and, and things don't necessarily go according to plan. That's all we really need to say on that one, because we have a different example of Emma getting stuff really, really wrong, you know, and, and we liked it way more. We thought that it was a lot more kind of fun to, to talk about, at least. Oh, my God. Like, poor Miss Bates. Poor Miss Bates. Oh, poor Miss oh, Bates. Poor Miss Bates. <laughs> so, as you can see, we're all big fans of Miss Bates here at That Chicklet for Life. Um, let's introduce her to you guys, first of all. Um, see who she is. We, we meet her first when she comes around to a lovely dinner party that, uh, that Mr. Woodhouse is throwing. Um, Kay Money, what do you think? This was your idea? You want to take the old introduction? Uh, hey, you try and stop me. Uh, let me see. Yeah, got it here. Um, okay, so yeah, we're we're opening up on people coming into Hartfield to join this dinner party that Mr. Woodhouse is has been convinced to throw, despite his his fear of of germs and people generally getting sick or changing anything in their lives. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, real long-standing regard brought the Westons and Mr. Knightley, and by Mr. Elton, a young man living alone without liking it, the privilege of exchanging any vacant evening of his own blank solicitude for the elegancies and society of a Woodhouse's drawing room and the smiles of his lovely daughter were in no danger of being thrown away. So Mr. Elton came early. 
After these came a second set, among the most clamatable of whom were Mrs. and Miss Bates, ladies almost always at the service of an invitation from Hartfield, and who were fetched and carried home so often that Mr. Woodhouse thought it no hardship for either James or the horses. Had it taken place only once a year, it would have been a grievance. Classic Mr. Woodhouse. (laughs) Mrs. Bates, the widow of a former vicar of Highbury, was a very old lady, almost past everything but tea and quadrille. She lived with her single daughter in a very small way and was considered with all the regard and respect which a harmless old lady under such untoward circumstances can excite. Her daughter enjoyed a most uncommon degree of popularity for a woman neither young, handsome, rich, nor married. She had never boasted either beauty or cleverness. Her youth had passed without distinction and her middle of life was devoted to the care of a failing mother and the endeavour to make a small income go as far as possible. And yet, she was a happy woman and a woman who no one named without goodwill. It was her own universal goodwill and contented temper which worked such wonders. She loved everybody, was interested in everybody's happiness, quick-sighted to everybody's merits, thought herself a most fortunate creature and surrounded with blessings and such an excellent mother and so many good neighbours and friends and a home that wanted for nothing. The simplicity and cheerfulness of her nature, her contented and grateful spirit were a recommendation to everybody and a mine of felicity to herself. Oh, she's just so nice. And she never shuts up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I just love her talking so, so, so much. I could genuinely, I could read those passages over and over, like seriously. You want to do one right now? (gasps) No, no, no. Like, don't joke about that. Seriously. Like, dude, I don't know how we can talk about Emma for an hour without having at least one Miss Bates monologue. Oh, yeah, seriously, you have to do it. You'd be real good at it. Yeah, yeah, fam, yeah, come on, you gotta do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do you want me to send it again? No, 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 it's okay. That was really scary. You're good, yeah? Yeah, yeah, oh my gosh. Oh, dude. Okay. Oh, yeah, I recognize this one. Okay. Um. So there's, there's, ball being held oh my god i'm sweating and everything um, Gross. So, so there's 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 a ball being held at um one of the halls in um in highbury um and everyone is invited and um yes so this is miss bates arriving with her niece jane fairfax oh my god okay okay Ooh, right um right so obliging of you. No rain at all. Nothing to signify. I do not care for myself. Quite thick shoes. And Jane declares, well, as soon as she was in the door, well, this is brilliant indeed. This is admirable. Excellently contrived. Upon my word, nothing wanting. Could not have imagined it. So well lighted up. Jane, Jane, look, did you ever see <laughs> such a thing? Oh, Mr. Weston, you must really have had Aladdin's lamp. Good Mrs. Stokes would not know her own room again. I saw her as I came in. She was standing in the entrance. Oh, Mrs. Stokes, said I, but I had not time for more. She was now met by Mrs. Weston. Very well, I thank you, ma'am. I hope you are quite well. Happy, happy to hear it. So afraid you might have a headache seeing you pass by so often and knowing how much trouble you must have delighted to hear it indeed (laughs) ah mrs elton so obliged to you for the carriage excellent time jane and i quite ready did not keep the horses a moment most comfortable carriage oh and i am sure our thanks are due to you mrs weston on that score mrs elton had most kindly sent jane a note or we should have been but two such offers in one day never were such neighbors i said to my mother upon my word ma'am thank you my mother is remarkably well gone to mr woodhouse's i made her take her shawl for the 
evenings are not warm, her large new shawl, Mrs. Dixon's wedding present. So kind of her to think of my mother. Bought at Weymouth, you know. Mr. Dixon's choice. There were three others, Jane says, which they hesitated about some time. <laughs> Colonel Campbell rather preferred an olive. My dear Jane, are you sure you did not wet your feet? It was but a drop or two, but I am so afraid. Mr. Frank Churchill, I must tell you, my mother's spectacles have never been in fault since. The rivet never came out again. My mother often talks of your good nature. Does not she, Jane? Do we not often talk of Mr. Frank Churchill? Ah, here's Miss Woodhouse. Dear Miss Woodhouse, how do you do? Very well, I thank you. Quite well. This meeting, quite in fairyland. Such a transformation. Must not compliment? I know, eyeing Emma most complacently. That would be rude. But upon my word, Miss Woodhouse, you do look. How do you like Jane's hair? You are a judge. She did it all herself. Quite wonderful how she does her hair. No hairdresser from London could, I think. Ah, Dr. Hughes, I declare. And Mrs. Hughes must go and speak to Dr. and Mrs. Hughes for a moment. How do you do? How do you do? Very well. I thank you. (laughs) And I mean, this goes on for another two pages, but I actually have a cramp in my face from smiling right now. (laughs) Understandable. So good, dude. Seriously. Okay. It took me ages to find out how to get off. Like, mute. Oh my God. Why is it so hard? Seriously, seriously. Like, that was like. Just like soothes my soul to hear you talking like that you know doing oh my god like, oh my you should god. genuinely like be an actress for real I would pay good money to go see you yeah second up, you guys no like seriously though like isn't Miss Bates like the coolest character like is it just something really cool about like just by being super nice someone is like super super likable that's what I love about her too oh my god like it's just oh it'd just give you hope you know that like oh it doesn't matter if you're like do you know what it's really like it's it's there is a bit in I think it might be like the twits um I think it's the twits in um Roald Dahl's book you know like where it's talking about how like nice people can't be ugly you know like they might have wonky teeth or or like bad hair or something and like but the fact that they're nice people inside like makes them really beautiful because there's like a light that shines out you know of their eyes and stuff and makes them really super attractive so yeah if you're nice you'll never not be loved by people isn't that just so like is that is that like why i'm such a riot no <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Maybe maybe we should move this along. <laughs> so we're talking about about Miss Bates, obviously, who we clearly all love loads. But Emma, in her um sort of intellectual superiority, thinks that she's like really annoying and um and that she's like like that Miss Bates is like lower than her in the social ladder or whatever you know by virtue of emma being smarter and having more money she's better than miss yeah, Bates. like true mean girl style yeah exactly so like she emma sees miss bates as like annoying and and someone that she kind of allows to have around and the thing is when she's kind of given an opportunity emma ends up being an absolute dick to Miss Bates kind of out of nowhere um, this takes place at a really nice social event where Emma is hanging out with uh, Mr. Weston's very attractive son Frank Churchill they have different names because it's like a first marriage situation it's, it's a whole thing we won't go into it um, but he yeah Frank Churchill is talking to Emma and they're kind of being the 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 king and queen but yeah of prom together or whatever the shit you want to call it and um, yeah Emma ends up being uh, super mean um, in as you said Katie mean girl style um, Chloe you want to do this one what you saying 
<laughs> what do you mean? I mean, do you think I'm Regina George right now? Do you think that, like, I should read this because I'm the meanest girl here? In which case, I'm very, very flattered and thank you. <laughs> <I will>. oh, <laughs> like, seriously. Okay, um, right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, so this is Frank Churchill talking. So, yeah, he thinks he's all of that. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I am ordered by Miss Woodhouse to say that she requires something very entertaining from each of you in a general way. Now, Emma didn't say none of that at all, right? <laughs> she, like, I noticed my sound like this is Jane Austen talking, but no, this is an ad lib by me, Kelly. Um, so, yeah, like, Frank was just, like, talk. I can call him Frank because I know him at this stage. Oh so, Frank was just talking to Emma and, like, they were just talking about normal stuff and he decided that he was going to be, like, an arsehole. So, he's all like, oh, Emma said this to me. But she didn't. Direct quote. So yeah, um, yeah. Miss Wood has to say that she requires something very entertaining from each of you in a general way. Here are seven of you, besides myself, who she is pleased to say I'm very entertaining already. She didn't say that. <laughs> okay. And she demands from each of you either one thing very clever, be it prose or verse, original or repeated, or two things moderately clever, or three things very dull indeed. And she engages to laugh heartily at them all. Oh, very well, exclaimed Miss Bates. Then I need not be uneasy. Three things very dull indeed. That will do just for me, you know. I shall be sure to say three dull things as soon as ever I open my mouth, shan't I? Looking around with the most good-humoured dependence on everybody's assent. Aww. Do you not think I shall? Emma could not resist. Ah, ma'am, but there may be some difficulty. Pardon me, but you will be limited as to number only three at once. Miss Bates, deceived by the mock ceremony of her manner, did not immediately catch her meaning, but when it burst on her, it could not anger, though a slight blush showed that it could pain her. It's just not fair. She's so nice. Uh, well, to be sure, yes, I see what she means, turning to Mr. Knightley, and I will try to hold my tongue. I must make myself very disagreeable, or she would not have said such a thing to an old friend. Oh, so, so sad. I know. She's so lovely. Why? Why, Emma? It's so bad. Like, she's being such a bitch. Like, though, I, like, I really, like, recognise that. Like, like, I hate that feeling. Well, like, somebody making you feel small like that. Yes. Well, well, that, yeah. <laughs> but, like, no, what I was talking about, like, you know that feeling when, like, you're, like, winning at life, to use a, like, a horrible, annoying term. Is it too annoying to use? A little, but, you know, continue. <laughs> no, like, like you know, like, when you're in, like, a slagging match or something, you know, you're having you're having the bants with someone, you're having the lulls, uh, or, you know, like, you're hanging out with people and, yeah, you're being, like, real funny or, like, interesting or something, or, like, you think you are, and you keep talking and they keep, like, laughing and talking back and stuff, and, like, it's like you're not even thinking of the next thing you're going to say. It just kind of comes out like it has to get said. And you get funnier and funnier or more and more interesting. And they're laughing and laughing until like out of nowhere, you say something. Something arrives in your head to say and someone there or like a bunch of people there, they get like real offended and everyone's real upset at you. And you can like tell that they're all like looking at you thinking you're a really bad person. And this thing you said like defines everything about you. But like you didn't put any thought into it it just kind of arrived in your mouth because the situation was kind of carrying you along you know oh my god what did you say i think you might be kind of missing the point there clo clo i don't know that example was very specific clay did did that really happen well like like 
like like but it's it's not about that like it's it's about like that kind of situation you know like like that feeling when you're not thinking and yeah the situation carries you along it's like you're not even kind of touching the ground and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you were like leading the 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 conversation and then all of a sudden you like embarrass yourself and you never want to say like anything ever again almost God, that sounds so sad. No, like, I, yeah, I think I get what you mean. Clearly, like, it's, like, it's it's super hard to, like, figure out what you can and can't say around people. Because, like, it's different from person to person and, like, yeah, exactly. who you should be in front of different people. Right. But you should always be yourself. That's, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the only thing. You should always be yourself no, but like what kind of yourself should you be you know like like no one says everything they're thinking and as soon as you do do that you lose people you know you need to figure out what parts of yourself people want to see and it's kind of shit that like the only way to figure that out a lot of the time is by like trial and error you know yeah that's exactly what I mean yeah like you have to kind of piss people off to like figure out what pisses them off you know and like you could lose everybody while you sort of do that and say the wrong things and figure out who you should be like that's what's happening with Emma she's been spoiled and it's not necessarily her fault but like she's she's saying things that she shouldn't say and then figuring out later based on the aftermath that like she shouldn't have said it that's that's the only way that she's kind of learning and it's just it's it's a horrible feeling that like you're after doing something really really wrong and how do you fix it yeah like are you going to end up completely alone because you don't know how to be around people exactly exactly like it's terrifying it's it's terrifying trying to figure out what parts of yourself are like I don't know suitable for human consumption I but I don't think that's what's happening here I mean I don't know that we're talking about like the book anymore no 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 I think we could be yeah like Emma um it's not like she's trying to figure out who she should be you know she she thinks she's perfect and almost everyone else is less than she is she's she believes in this social ladder because it's what she's been brought up to believe and that people are higher or lower or on the same wrong as her and you know she starts to believe that she acts accordingly like right here she thinks that Miss Bates is on a lower social wrong than she is and therefore she's allowed to make fun of her Right. And the thing is, like, she's 100% wrong for doing it, which is why Mr. I'm So Sexy Knightley takes the face off her for doing it, because he knows that Miss Bates is, like, super kind and, like, would do anything for Emma and her dad, like, just because she talks too much, which is, like, amazing. It's, um, like, and the thing is, like, with Miss Bates, like, it, people can talk too much, like, and, like, you don't have to listen, or, like, you could just say real nice, like, here, I need some quiet time, and, like, Miss Bates would definitely not have minded, you know, it's just, she probably knows that she talks too much, but she's just excited, and you just say it to her real nice and stuff, and she wouldn't mind, but, like, in fairness, Emma, like, she knew she'd done the wrong thing when Mr. Knightley said it to her, like, it's not like, like, you were kind of saying that, like, it, it if you say the wrong thing or you're you're mean without meaning to be that like you're 
like, I'm not saying like you're saying that like you're a bad person, but like Emma isn't a bad person. That's the thing. Like she's not. She just like doesn't get a lot of stuff, or she has like the wrong idea about stuff. As soon as Mister Knightley took a face off her, she was like, "Oh my god, I feel real bad. I can fix this. Not like how do I do it? What parts of like my personality do I need to cut off? Like she's just like here now. Actually, Mister Knightley, you're very tall and smell really nice, and you're absolutely right." Um, Miss Bates is super nice and I was wrong to think that I could go on like that I should go and like be nice to her and like she she did <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much pretty much like and, and that's the thing I really I, I think yeah pretty much Chloe like she's she's it's she's got a lot of negative characteristics like we were saying at the beginning she's got a lot of negative characteristics but she doesn't know that they're there you know and she she learns about them through the course of the book what what i really what i really like about the uh, the book in general is that um emma as a character she's she's like the original mean girl katie i think you said that earlier and like she's got all of the standard stuff that you know mean girls have she's got her entourage she's got like harriet following her around like a puppy saying oh emma you're so great and like she's emma is then constantly feeding harriet opinions that belong to emma so that like harriet always agrees with her like even more and then she's also like really jealous of jane fairfax just because jane fairfax is different to her but also has like advantages over her she's like really accomplished at you know piano and reading and stuff and she just is a very nice elegant person it's um it's it's interesting to get into the character of a mean girl and kind of see from her point of view why she's like that and and not for it to be like that she has some big trauma in her past that means that she lashes out at people emma doesn't lash out at people she is ignorant of other people's thoughts and lives and learns throughout the course of the book that other people do have thoughts and lives and that she at 21 isn't you know completely aware of absolutely everything going around her she still has lots to learn about life and she may never learn everything you know that's that's what's kind of really rewarding about the book is that people who are bad in quotes probably aren't they're probably just a little dumb I could not have said that better myself like seriously like yeah Emma just needs to learn about why her bad habits are bad and as soon as she knows why they're bad she like immediately stops doing it like she doesn't want to be mean she just thinks that that's like how she's supposed to act or like how like yeah she can act that way and there's no negative consequences because like she thinks she's brilliant so everybody else thinks she's brilliant kind of and like it takes (laughs) like an unreasonable amount of (laughs) information and things happening for her to like realize that no other people have thoughts and lives and shit emma <laughs> but she does that's the thing she she does see it happening and and again super sexy tall fragrant mr knightley he he does his part in uh, in in teaching her about that stuff and we, we owe him a debt we do i genuinely could listen to you guys talk about this all day it is bizarrely satisfying <laughs> oh you gone but uh, actually we've we've we touched on someone else there, Jane Fairfax, um, who I think it's worth talking about because, Saoirse, you had a really interesting point about her when we were talking about this during the week. Um, so we've got a quick excerpt here. Um, Kleena, you want to do this one? I think you have you read yet or go on, take it, take it, take it, my friend. Such benevolence, such magnanimity, magnanimity, mag, magna carta. Do you know Miss Bates's niece? <laughs> 
Do you know Miss Bates's niece? That is, I know you must have seen her a hundred times, but are you acquainted? Oh yes, we are always forced to be acquainted whenever she comes to Highbury. Oh, by the by, that is almost enough to put one out of conceit with a niece. So maybe actually I'll just take a pause here <laughs> to do a, a Chloe ad lib. Um, so this is this is Emma talking to Harriet about um yeah about Jane Fairfax. Harriet's after asking Jane. Uh, Harriet's after asking Emma. Does she know Jane? And Emma is is going to give Harriet the lowdown. Um, yeah, by the by, that is almost enough to put one out of conceit with a niece. Heaven forbid, at least, that I should ever bore people half so much about all my family together as Miss Bates does about Jane Fairfax. One is sick of the very name of Jane Fairfax. Every letter from her is read 40 times over. Her compliments to all friends go round and round again. And if she does not but send her aunt a pattern of a stomacher or knit a pair of garters for her grandmother, one hears of nothing else for a month. I wish Jane Fairfax very well, but she tires me to death. Yeah, she's not, she's not impressed with the whole Jane Fairfax situation at all. Like, in fairness, I can kind of see where she's coming from. Like, everybody has, like, that cousin that your granny, like, never shuts up about because they're, like, training to be a doctor or, like, I don't know, a barrister or some nonsense. And, yeah, they just always talk about them and never about, like... <laughs> EastEnders or whatever. Now that example is a little bit specific, Dark Katie. What, what, what are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who is this cousin of yours? <laughs> fair point, fair point. Okay, taken. Understood. Let's move on. Um, but like, yeah, the thing about Jane Fairfax, what I really like about her is she's a textbook heroine. Like she's this really elegantly beautiful, unusual looking girl. She reminds me of like Sarah Crewe from A Little Princess. No? No one? Fine. Um, but yeah, she's she's got no money and she's trained as a governess through like no fault of her own. She's still really, you know, elegant and and she has lots of accomplishments. She's amazing on the piano. She's the piano forte, I beg your pardon. Uh, she's really well read, you know, and she's got a lovely manner and stuff. She comes to, you know, stay with her poor aunt and her grandmother. And like when everyone was so sure, she'd stay with her friends, the Dixons, for another while. So there's like a secret there to work out. You know, like it's a standard romantic novel about this, this, you know, dramatic backstory that this lovely, innocent girl has. But then in this case, Jane Austen seems to have like made a conscious decision to have this heroine story in the background, to have it as almost a subplot. And she chose the peripheral mean girl, sort of, you know, unwilling antagonist that lives nearby as the star of the show and told her story instead with the standard story as a backdrop. That is, yeah, like you mentioned it during the week, but like it's still really super interesting. Like, and I was reading up and I found this quote from Jane Austen where she just, it's like fairly simple, but she said, yeah, I'm going to take a heroine who no one but myself will much like. And that's that's pretty much what you've said, you know, but, but you added in some extra tidbits about Jane there, which is, yeah, still blowing my mind, dude. Like it's, that's the thing. And I think it's like, it's a really cool decision to have made like Jane Fairfax is yeah like uh, a really kind of noble hard done by character but it had been done before like you were saying you know it's 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 out there already and Emma is not someone that well I don't know actually very much about back then but I haven't seen a character like her in books from from around then that so yeah, just these books. <laughs> but like, it's not, no, so it's not, it's not a, a type of heroine that I would have thought based on my preconceptions 
that would have been in there. Yeah, I'm going to be honest about this. I've not read enough books from this time period. But like, so yeah, hot take, major hot take there. But yeah, based on my preconceptions, I wouldn't have thought that this book would be about somebody like Emma. And like we were saying, like she's a total bitch for like most of the book, but like I still really liked her. Like she's really like self-possessed you know she she follows her own agenda like and not in like a super dramatic way like you know the way we were talking about sense and sensibility last uh last week and marianne was like super dramatic all the time like self-possessed as well but like in this really kind of pearl clutching kind of staring out the window at the rain oh this is the thing i will do emma is like a lot calmer in her convictions she but at the same time she she wants to do something she's going to do it she's going to be like well, i mean who are you to tell me otherwise you know example well like she says pretty much through the whole book that she's never going to get married like she doesn't see the point marriage is for losers all she wants to do is like stay home and look after her dad and like continue being rich and handsome and clever and clever thanks clue like i thought that was pretty baller like considering when the book was written to have emma talk so matter-of-factly like about not getting married like and there are a few times when frank churchill is being a total diva and another heroine would have been all simpery and stuff with him but emma's just like dude shut up what's your problem you want to do the thing do the thing you don't want to do the thing don't do the thing this is a waste of time and energy for us to talk about it Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got that one actually here, too. It's, yeah, it's where Emma invites Frank Churchill to come out the day at Box Hill, where she ends up being like a thundering bitch to Miss Bates. It's only a quick one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Emma starts off with, we're going to Box Hill tomorrow. You will join us. It's not Switzerland, but it will be something for a young man so much in want of a change. You will stay and go with us. And then Frank Churchill responds, no, certainly not. I shall go home in the cool of the evening. But you may come again in the cool of tomorrow morning. No, it will not be worthwhile. If I come, I shall be cross. Then, pray, stay at Richmond. But if I do, I shall be crosser still. I can never bear to think of you all there without me. These are difficulties which you must settle for yourself. Choose your own degree of crossness. I shall press you no more. Right? Like, he's there. He wants to be, like, talked into coming just so that, like, his ego will feel the benefit or whatever. And she's just like, dude, come on, whatever. Come if you want. Don't come if you don't want. You know where we're going to be. Whatever. <coughs> Cover your nose and mouth, Katie. Cover your nose and mouth. Oh my God. Stop. Stop. Please that stop. passes for comedy these days, Chloe. I mean, come on. You're better than this. I might be. I might be. It was just it was just right there, you know? It was easy. Spoken like a true mean girl. Hey. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, Emma being a bitch. Like, like you were saying, like, it's not like she's choosing to go out there. Well, she kind of is choosing to go out and be horrible to some people but like like we were saying it's based on like ignorance or like a misconception of of why people act the way they do it's and and what's okay and what's not okay it's not like she's going out to hurt people it's not like she's going out with the malicious intent to cause pain to other people she thinks that other people will accept the way she acts because she is genuinely better than them she's yeah she's ignorant of what she should really be doing and that's like i think that is crazy relatable because you're also handsome, clever, and a bitch. Well, mean puns. We're, that's where we are. No, like, no, not mean. I wasn't being mean. I was just, I was just joking. No, dude, that was hurtful. Proper hurtful. What? I was explaining something, you know, personal, and you could across me to make me feel small instead of letting me explore this very personal, possibly painful idea. I mean, that's pretty much on par with how Emma's been acting. No, you're messing, right? No, I think I'm probably just going to have to dial off. Oh, God. This is bad. Oh my god, Kleena, you're gonna have to apologize. No, you guys stop. This is mean. So you are messing. Call this for messing. Jesus. Yeah, we're messing, man. <laughs> Jesus, come on. Shit, like, 
God. Dude, you you okay? D- yeah, like it's... T- <laughs> no, this stuff just sort of like messes with me a bit. What? Like, Jesus. No, it was just a stupid joke. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, it really, really wasn't. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. That's a material point. Thanks. You sure you're all right, Clay? No, it's just like I... Like I, I say the wrong thing all the time, like... Yeah, but like... So does everybody. So do we. Yeah, but like you are like... You all have like... Like reasons to be in... The, like it's hard to explain. I just, I just don't want anybody to be mad at me or like not talk to me or whatever. Actually, here, that wouldn't happen. Come on. It might. It won't. It, yeah, but it might. Well, what if in that case, the... You know, if any of us says the wrong thing or makes someone else in the group mad, we all have to sit down and talk it out until we know, you know, where everybody was coming from and we, you know, have a, a resolution. How about that? <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. Just like. You're not allowed to say it. You can't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Why would you say it? What? You, you, you promised. I was going to say, just like Emma and Mr. Knightley. Although, you know, my boys do sit around and talk about stuff until, you know, it's all sorted out. But I'm not the one that brought that up. That was you, Katie. You're the one who's talking about them now. Ha 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 You like them apples. Uh, she's got you there, Katie. Seriously, dude. This is... This is troubling. <laughs> but um, I'm aware that we, you know, we've been talking for, Jesus, nearly 50 minutes. Um, But we haven't actually talked about any of the kind of romantic interactions in the book. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, it's kind of hard to do that without, like, giving away lots of the plot. And also, I kind of... It's... If, even though it's, it is a romantic book and, and the, the romantic interactions are super, you know, rewarding and stuff, it's, it's not the main focus. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, like, Emma's growth as a character and, like, the, the idea of a person who's not likable learning about themselves and, and exploring that in a book like this, that's the real point and that's kind of what was the most um, gratifying in yeah, in 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 the 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 story, genuinely didn't think you were going to get to the end of that sentence. It was scary, right? <laughs> but like the 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 male characters in the book, you know, we've got Mr. Elton, we've got Mr. Knightley, we've got Mr. Woodhouse, uh, Mr. Weston. There's there's quite a a, a lot. Frank Churchill. There's there's a, there's a lot of range, kind of. You know, Frank Churchill is really kind of outgoing and attractive and kind of impulsive. And Mr. Knightley is refined and and straight speaking at the same time, which is which is kind of nice. You know, he's 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 forthright, but he's also yeah quite, quite elegant. Um, Mr. Elton is kind of a bit of a social climber. Um, and then we've got Mr. Weston, who's you know salt of the earth kind of guy. You know, just you know does what he enjoys all the time. You know, including you know looking after others. It's uh, Mr. Woodhouse is is then very um, very genteel and and looks after everyone and and wants everyone to to feel good. Um, but again, he's not unlike Emma in that he thinks his way is 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 the right way, and there's no other possible alternative. And it's weird because Emma sees that he's wrong in that, but but doesn't kind of take it on board herself. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about that. It almost the fact that she knows that he's kind of wrong in in you know how dangerous he thinks the world is and stuff, and that everybody needs to be looked after. That like it almost strengthens her idea that she's right instead, as opposed to having her question the the nature of like right or truth or like the fact that everybody might have their own viewpoint on things it's uh yeah it's pretty cool that like there's that misunderstanding on her side which makes sense because she's yeah she's only 21 like she's not 50 or whatever ah shit i'm gonna like not know 
lots when I'm 21. I'm going to be just as shit as Emma is. Shitter, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> Appreciate the praise. But yeah, do we have do we have maybe something to sign off with? I know we've got some 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 Easter eggs uh, that we want to share with folks to, to keep an eye out for when they're when they're uh, reading the book. But what do we think? Better than well, maybe not better, but like, did you enjoy this one more than Sense of Sensibility? What 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 are our thoughts? I think I enjoyed it more than Sense and Sensibility, but I'm kind of glad that we read Sense and Sensibility first, like, because this one is so different. I think it would, I don't think I would enjoy Sense and Sensibility reading it after this one, um, because I'd be disappointed that the characters aren't as, like, complex as Emma, or, like, there isn't a, a viewpoint like the viewpoint that's taken for Emma. But doing it the other way around, it's like you get to see the contrast, um in the way that it might have been intended because I know this one was written after Sense and Sensibility. Um, so they're just, they're different and I think Emma, like, it suits me better than than the other one. Oh, wow. Because I do think Emma is a better book. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, like the dialogue, it's just that little bit more polished, you know, there's, there's, um, and there isn't as much, like in Sense and Sensibility, you could kind of see the strings a little bit more, you know, there was a lot of, you know, okay, this is now happening, this is the plot bit, and then there'd be some dialogue. I think you mentioned that last week, uh, Katie, but this time... With this one, it's just a little bit um, better k- k- pulled together in that way. And the, the dialogue is, in my opinion, just flawless. Like, and just the characterizations, Miss Bates in particular. Oh, my God. Like, but, but also, like, um, Frank Churchill, also Mr. Woodhouse. You know, there are these characters that, you know, we were, you know, D- Dickens came up there, you know, just as a, as a throwaway. But, like, with Dickens, you, you, you see these types of characters and you can tell that they're, that they're kind of, like, archetypes. They're not, they're clearly not real people. They're they're exaggerated to make a point but in Jane Austen and here in particular with those two characters in particular they're just and Mrs. Elton as well actually but anyway anyway they're um they're they're quite real they're they're on the exaggerated side of real but they're still very real you know and and just that for me is is super super enjoyable I I loved it I I I think it might be my favorite well Pride and Prejudice oh my god I don't know Oh, okay. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have opened that wormhole. Oh my god! I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Oh, you weirdo! <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I think I agree with Katie. They're different. Like, uh, sense sensibility was like the love stories were a bit more like 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 I enjoyed them more. They were kind of more up my street, you know, and a bit more romantic. You know, there wasn't. I didn't think there was that much romance in this book, which was you know grand. Because it was, like we were saying, not really about that. It's about growth, you know. It's about feminism in the 1800s, people. But, like, so I like different things in both of them. But I do, like, your point, uh, Saoirse, yeah, I do think that, like, the jokes in this one were better. And the characters, like, the other characters, they were great. Um, like, in Sense Sensibility, like, I only just really enjoyed, like, like, Miss Jennings and, like, maybe Mr. Palmer a little bit, but he wasn't really that in it that much. But, like, in this one, like, nearly everybody was, like, hilarious. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, the romance side of things, Sense Sensibility all the way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I do, for, for me, I think Emma was a little bit, too comp- not complex a character but it's just it's not what I was expecting that there'd be this girl that like is yeah learning 
about herself and just said it would be the type of girl that like would have been mean to me in school and stuff that's and kind of I don't know how okay I am with thinking that like maybe they just didn't have a clue they weren't like setting out to be mean they just didn't have a clue <laughs> that's and that maybe they're actually really nice people uh, that's kind of I don't know so for now sense and sensibility where it's all nice and tidy and the girls are just hard done by and get to marry their biases oh. <laughs> that was for you Chloe oh thank you <laughs> yeah it's just yeah that's a bit more comfortable but I think I maybe maybe I need to think about it a bit more yeah it's interesting yeah there's like yeah we've got some different really different um opinions for me for me yeah the characters in this one were were class I loved Miss Bates I loved her I could yeah oh my god but at the same time Frank Churchill was mm, did not like him did not like him at all like Willoughby I could kind of get behind a bit more again maybe just because he was a bit more like quintessential that kind of character whereas Frank Churchill was as flawed as Emma in a lot of ways and that was confusing yeah yeah I think the fact that there was nobody really to to root for except Jane Fairfax who (laughs) we don't like throughout the whole book it's just yeah it was quite confusing whereas um Sense and Sensibility was nice and straightforward and and I knew who my good guys were and I knew who my bad guys were um yeah so I guess I guess I agree with you Kleena on that one as well you should we are of one mind cultures unite (laughs) but uh yeah um we're pretty much at the end of the broadcast right now um what do we broadcast <laughs> it's not a broadcast we're recording it but um let's see what what have we got in terms of uh, easter eggs before we wrap up well you know seeing as how you know i didn't get to talk about this particularly uh weird bit in the book that yeah struck me but seeing as how i can't be talking about uh jungkook this week and uh the fact that, like, I think he's been working out the whole time they've been in, they've been in quarantine. Like, you should have seen him on James Corden last night. Uh, Chloe, dude, seriously. Just let me send you a photo of his legs. Oh my God, Katie, like, seriously. N- no, like, I, this is not, oh my God. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, Easter egg, right. So, yeah, this is obviously what I'm going to be texting about this week because I can't talk about what I really want to talk about. Um, but, yeah, so I want you all to be on the lookout for, like, some shillings, be it, like, money. Like, because that's what it used to be called, shillings. Um, like, specifically, somebody giving them out, like, when they didn't want to, like, against their will, okay? Because, like, and then overreacting and, and fainting and all sorts of mess. And it was a really weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Saoirse. Um, okay, for me, um, well, it's a little obvious, but I just love it. Um, so keep an eye out for a box that's uh, inscribed as most precious treasures. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes. Um, Clee? Uh, for me, um, it was a bushel of apples, uh, very generously donated. Oh, yeah. He is just the perfect man, like seriously. How many people are you going to say that about, dude? Don't you police me, Katie. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie? Uh, oh, yeah. For for me, um, it's a nice basin of gruel. Oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah, gruel. yeah, yeah. Nothing as wholesome as a nice basin of gruel. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, then for me, it's uh, it's a bootlace. Um, half a bootlace, actually, to be exact. <gasps> oh, that's very good. Oh, that's very, very good, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks, sir. What? I don't remember that. I do, Chloe. No, I don't. That's why I said I don't. Don't you be telling me what I do and don't remember. Why is everybody on my case today? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Here, Jesus. Um, and that's, that's, 
That's it. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And, you know, make sure, you know, you're keeping up with the guidelines that are getting released um, to stay safe, stay healthy. But, you know, be getting out for some fresh air, you know, turn off the news feeds during the day. It's not good for you to get too far into a rabbit hole. Um, we'll be back next week with another Jane Austen novel. Um, what do you think, actually, Sirsh? You're you're our resident expert on this. Mm, maybe Persuasion? Um, since we're going to leave Pride and Prejudice till the end, and I, I do think it'd be good to do Mansfield Park and Northanger Abbey together. Um, yeah, maybe Persuasion next. You heard the lady. Join us next week to talk about Persuasion and find out what Chloe did with all that free time over the rest of this week. I don't talk about them that much. It's like, seriously, I swear. My WhatsApp begs to differ, Chloe. Like, seriously, I've got actual digital proof. Don't police me, Katie. What's your problem? (laughs) Okay, let's leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining, for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe. (laughs) Sorry, you can silence me.